Good morning. Welcome all to worship at First Presbyterian Church. Before we begin worship, I have just a few announcements. The first is if you would take those pew pads on the end of each pew and sign in and pass those down. That is a wonderful way for us to give thanks for your presence with us this morning. And if you're worshiping with us online, you can go onto the Experience FPC page and sign in as well. In two weeks, we have Vacation Bible School, and we have 84 children sign up. So that is wonderful, but we're still looking for a couple more adult volunteers. So if you are interested, there is more information in your bulletins about that. Also, our summer schedule for June for our Sunday school is in there, and we'd love for you to take a look, as well as many other announcements. So please take a look at that. Now would you all please rise in body or in spirit as we call ourselves to worship. The Lord Jesus Christ is our shepherd. He lays down his life for his sheep. The Lord Jesus Christ is our shepherd. He knows us and we belong to him. The Lord Jesus Christ is our shepherd. He speaks and we listen for his voice. Let us worship the good shepherd this day. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we come as followers of you, as sheep who are wandering and looking for their shepherd, and we thank you that you lead us where we are to go, that you pursue us and you find us, and for this reason we come to worship you, which we do so this day with all our hearts. We pray this in your name. Amen.
friends, when we gather together to worship God, we remember who God is. And God is loving and merciful and just and holy. And so we have to also remember who we are. And we are a people who have often preferred our own will over God's will. But we come and we offer our prayer of confession, knowing that the Lord God awaits to forgive us and renew us. So let us offer our prayer together. Lord, have mercy on us. We talk about love, but our actions betray us. We talk about love, but we neglect the poor. We talk about love, but we fail to love one another. Lord, have mercy on us. Forgive us and abide in us by the power of your Spirit so that our lives may show our love for Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Let us continue our confession in silence. You may be seated. Amen. Friends, hear the good news. In the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we are assured that there is no sin so terrible that God cannot forgive, no hurt so terrible that God cannot heal. God accepts, God forgives, and God sets free. Receive the forgiving love of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.
May the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Let us greet one another in the peace of Christ. Come down front. Children are welcome to come down front. Hey guys. All right, everybody, come on in where we can see the book together. How is everyone? Good. Did you wish your dad a happy Father's Day? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so we are going to read a book, and this is a story from the Bible, from a book called First John. Are you ready? It says, have you ever told someone, you are my friend, and then you did something that wasn't very friendly? That's something that John wrote about in one of his letters. This is John writing the letter. Imagine that John was writing this letter to us. He said, Dear children, I've been thinking a lot about what it means to say I love you. Three little words that mean so much. Have you ever heard someone say actions speak louder than words? What do you think it means when someone says that? Any clue? Sometimes we say one thing and then do something different. Have you ever made a promise you couldn't keep? Remember that what you do is as important as what you say. That's what actions speak louder than words means. It means that we can say we love someone, but we show them that we love them by the things that we do. One of the things you can do is be kind to one another. When you see someone who needs a friend, you offer to play with them. You can show that God is love when you treat others with love and kindness. God asks us to always keep trying. So remember that God wants us to love people, but the best way to love someone is to do kind things for them, okay? Let's all pray together. Dear God, thank you for loving us. Help us to love others. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Let us pray.
Lord God, in the reading and hearing and the preaching and listening and the transforming work of your word, may we be changed into new creations, new creations who know your love and grace more intimately and wish to reflect that out into the world. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Our first reading comes from the epistle of 1 John. And as Tara explained to us, this is a book that's trying to explain some things to us. The historical context is 1 John was written to the Johannine community, which was experiencing a split, a fracture. Two groups of people that said different things about Jesus and so they could no longer get along together. And so 1 John is written to help mend that community, both by defining love and by defining who Jesus Christ is, which incidentally is one and the same. So please join me in our reading, listening for a word from God. We know love by this, that Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? Little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this we will know that we are from the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God, and we receive from him whatever we ask, because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him, and he abides in them. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit that he has given us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Our second reading comes from the Gospel of John. We're continuing our sermon series looking at the seven I am statements of Jesus. These all appear in the Gospel of John as he tries to explain to his disciples and to us who he is. So listen for a word from God from the Gospel according to John chapter 10 verses 11 through 18. This is Jesus speaking. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I laid down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, for you are the good shepherd, full of grace and love. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Shepherd. Jesus Christ as shepherd may be one of the most influential and important analogies from the New Testament because there's such richness and depth in the metaphor. Jesus Christ as the good shepherd connects him to the Davidic line of kings. It's a reminder not only that Jesus is king of our life, but that God fulfills God's promises in the Old Testament when God promised that someone from the line of David would be king God made Jesus Christ king, fulfilling his promise. Jesus Christ says, I am the good shepherd, which calls to mind the parable of the lost sheep, where Jesus pursues the one that has left the fold. He leaves the 99 to find the lost sheep. And as people who wander, who get lost, who leave the fold, this is good news that Jesus Christ as the good shepherd follows and finds us, that we are pursued by grace. Jesus Christ says, I am the good shepherd. But what does that mean for us as sheep? What does it mean for sheep to relate to their shepherd? You may have heard it said that sheep are pretty unintelligible, that they aren't very smart. But that rumor was actually started by cow herders. <laughs> yeah. When cow herders move from cows to sheep, 
to make more money, they tried to herd sheep in the same way they herd cows, from behind on their horses, through yelling and prodding. But the sheep would run in all directions and actually run behind them, and they couldn't figure out what to do. And the difference is the sheep need to be led. The sheep need a, shep- need a shepherd who goes before them. Sheep do not move where you want them when yelled at from behind. Sheep need to see where to go. So Jesus Christ as the good shepherd, what does this mean? It means Jesus always goes before us. Jesus leads us. Jesus is the good shepherd who goes before making sure all is safe. And the sheep follow their shepherd. There's great security in watching and knowing someone has gone before you, that you're not the first to venture out into that cliff of uncertainty alone. It reminds me of growing up, one of the things my family did together was rock climbing. That was our family activity together. And how we stumbled upon that activity was my older brother was really into it, so obviously his three little brothers followed immediately. And I don't think my parents cared what we did as long as we weren't fighting. So rock climbing was what we decided to do. Which was unfortunate for me because I hate heights. I've always hated heights. Being up high is the worst thing in the world. I've had the privilege to go to the Hancock Building, to the Eiffel Tower. I still can't explain what it looks like because I hugged the inside wall the entire time I was there because heights are the worst. But one day, my family went to a new climbing spot on the mountain, on Mount Lemmon in Tucson, Arizona. And as we approached the wall that we would be climbing, I knew it was going to be a bad day. Because if you look to the right, there was all forest and it was kind of contained. But if you look to the left of the wall, it was completely exposed and you could see all of Tucson. You could see so far, it was almost as if you could see the world curve. It was exposed and it was terrifying. And I thought, there is no way I'm getting on that wall. But I first watched my brother go ahead of me. And as the leader and the one who knows about climbing, he climbed up the wall and he made sure the rope was safe, checking it at all points, checking to make sure the belay system was proper, jumping up and down as he floated above the clouds to make sure that all was well. And I thought, yeah, I still don't trust that. (laughs) And then I watched my mother do the climb And as she got near the top, she slipped and she fell and the rope caught her. And I thought, yeah, there's still no way I'm doing that. And then I watched my little brother climb up it and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to do this. There was something about watching someone go ahead to know I would be safe. It didn't take away the fear of the whipping wind or the sheer drop. It didn't take away this stomach-churning height, but I knew I'd be okay because I watched someone go before me and someone had made it safe. Someone had modeled to me how to go. Church, every place that we are called to go, Jesus Christ has already gone before us. 
Jesus Christ has already walked that path. Every relationship we feel called to enter, Jesus has already entered into that relationship. Every journey we must make with a family member towards sickness or even death, Jesus has gone before us through death into new life. Every time we feel called to reach out to someone new and it feels awkward and uncomfortable to welcome them because we're not used to it, Jesus has walked that path and has made it new. And we must have faith that not only has Jesus Christ gone before us, but Jesus has gone before those that we love and even those we don't love. That every time your child returns back to college, Jesus has gone before, preparing a way. That every time you have to say goodbye to a family member who loses their fight with cancer, Jesus Christ has gone before and defeated death and is preparing a place for them. Jesus does not call us to go where Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, has not already gone. He does not lead us or call us to lead where he has not already led. He does not call us to follow where he has not already followed in God's will. Jesus goes before us every single time. He guides us every single time. He's with us every single time. But the reality is there are these hired hands in our life that are around that seek to follow us, that in reality don't care about us, and when difficult things happen, they will flee. Some of these hired hands in our life are wealth or prestige, which promise us security. But when confronted confronted with the death of a loved one, those two things mean absolutely nothing. But Jesus Christ, who has walked through death, can provide comfort. There are the hired hands of technology that promise us connectivity and easement of our life. But when the waves of loneliness pass over us and the deep longing takes hold of your soul, technology can't give you true purpose. But Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, who has walked through the pits of loneliness and abandonment and despair, can lead us to fuller meaning and lead us to deeper community. So we, as sheep, continue to discern which voice is in our lives, but it can be difficult. I looked it up, and one study has it that we intake somewhere between twenty and 30,000 words a day through our watching, our listening, our reading, which means every week we take in 175,000 words on average. How can we discern the shepherd's, the good shepherd's voice in the midst of that cacophony of noise and words? How do we differentiate? I think there are three ways that I hold true to, and there are probably a few more, but these are the ones that I do, and I'm sticking to them. The first is that we can look back. We can reflect on where Jesus Christ has led us before. How did we hear Jesus Christ's voice in that moment? How did God appear when it was difficult? How did we grow closer to Christ when we didn't know where to go, when we took a leap of faith? 
How has Jesus Christ worked and acted in Scripture? Jesus ventured into the houses of the other, of people different from himself, of people considered outsiders. So if you feel called to do this, odds are Jesus is probably calling you to do it, and he's gone before, and he's doing it again. A second one is when determining where the good shepherd is leading, it must be measured against that fundamental truth that you are beloved children of God, dearly loved and dearly cared for. And so as you feel called to do something, the question may be, is this helping me fully understand and fully realize that I am God's beloved? In the same way, every person you interact with is also God's beloved child. So if you're feeling called to do something, you may also ask yourself, is this helping someone else realize that they are God's beloved child and they belong in the family of God? And if the answer is no to either of those questions, it may be worth reconsidering. And finally, we can ask our community. When discerning where Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, is leading this church, I may start with a prayer, with listening, with scripture, but then I always check and discuss with Dr. Tara or our other staff or our session and our committees, and we work it out together. And when we work out where the shepherd is leading us, and when we are sure of that call, we can go forth with boldness and trust and hope because we know Jesus Christ has gone before. Church, wherever we go, whenever we are following Jesus Christ, we may go forth in boldness because Christ is the good shepherd who is leading us, not yelling at us behind, prodding and poking us, but gently leading us to green pastures, and still waters. Jesus Christ, who will chase after us even if we stumble and are lost from the fold, who will guide us and show us where to go. We are following the good, good shepherd who is also the king of the world, who loves each one of you deeply, and calls you each by name to follow him wherever he was lead, is leading. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.
Friends, will you remain standing and together let us recite our affirmation of faith as printed in our bulletin. We trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. Jesus proclaimed the reign of God, preaching good news to the poor and release to the captives, teaching by word and deed and blessing the children, healing the sick and binding up the brokenhearted, eating with outcasts, forgiving sinners, and calling all to repent and believe the gospel. Amen. You may be seated. Friends, as we come to a time of prayer for the world around us, I will begin praying, and then I will invite you to join me in saying the Lord's Prayer together. Let us pray. Gracious God, your care and providence extend to all, and so we come this day with our prayers for the world and all humanity. We pray for all nations and leaders. In a world where people are so often formed by their own self-interest and sinfulness, we pray that your will would be done. Grant those who govern the knowledge that they are to serve for the greater good and to guide the world into a better place than it finds itself today. This week, as we celebrate the Juneteenth holiday that marks the end of slavery in our nation, we know that there is still so much work to be done. Racism still enslaves so many of our brothers and sisters, and we know that you call for freedom for all. May our church and our world work for a more just and equitable society. We pray, too, for our local community. As Huntsville grows and changes, may your spirit lead the way into our shared future. May we learn to be a place of hospitality and welcome, and may our city be a beacon of tolerance and love. In the midst of this busy summer, when so many of us travel, we pray that you would grant mercy and safety to all who travel near and far. Keep our children safe, we pray, in this summertime of sports and activities. Be with the elderly, too. May they find rest and renewal this season. And for all those who are sick and suffering, we ask for your healing and peace. We pray for all churches, big churches and small churches, old churches and new churches, churches of every denomination and creed. Especially we pray for our Methodist brothers and sisters as they struggle with separation and dissension in their journey to become a more inclusive sign of your kingdom. We pray too for our Baptist brothers and sisters. May they recognize more and more the gifts that so many have to give to your work and may you heal their divisions. May all who call on the name of Jesus Christ flourish in these days ahead. Lastly, Lord, we ask that you would bless this church and us, your people. Guide us to becoming better followers of Christ. And may we love people more and more. 
We ask this all in the name of Jesus. And we join our voices together in the prayer he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, having heard the good news of God's care and providence for your life, we are then called to give a gift back to God's work in the world. Let us give an offering to God.
Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks because all that we have and all that we are comes from you. We dedicate these gifts given this day and our very lives ever and only to you. Amen. Church, the good shepherd has pursued you with grace and love. Now let us follow that good shepherd out into the world, sharing that same grace and love with those who so desperately need it. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.